If you have a Bible, you can turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verses uh, 24 through 26. Let us uh, just begin by opening uh, this opening prayer. Let's pray this together. Because realistically, I don't know, like I love these little prayers that we started in Revelation, and I plan on continuing the rest the, for the rest of my preaching career to do something like this, because I find myself uh, each and every week, like this is my prayer. This has become a prayer that we get to pray together. So let us pray this together. Lord, give us life as we seek you and your kingdom with a whole heart. As we attempt to fear you and keep your commandments, let our life be found in Christ, led by the Holy Spirit, as we walk in the arena of God's great mysteries. Ecclesiastes 2, 24 through 26. There is nothing better for a person than that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. This also I saw is from the hand of God. For apart from him, who can eat Or who can have enjoyment? For to the one who pleases him, God has given wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner, he has given the business of gathering and collecting. Only to give to one who pleases God. This also is vanity and a striving after the wind. Um, I've said this uh, before. I said this in my introduction into Ecclesiastes. But there is this theme that we get to uh, get into today that is in um, Ecclesiastes a lot. In fact, enjoyment is a major theme of the book. So you have meaningless, which is a major theme, uh, but you also have enjoyment, which is a major theme. It's mentioned at least six times in, in these 12 chapters, and it's kind of like always the synopsis of a of an ending thought. Before he gets into the next thought, he says this. So we went through, okay, this is meaningless, this is meaningless, this is meaningless. And then before we get into, there's a time for everything under the sun, there's this little break here that says, find enjoyment, find it in God, and um, kind of be about God's business. And so enjoyment, I would suggest, gets to be a theme of our life that in our life is hidden in Christ, but enjoyment is uh, what we get to have in it. And so this enjoyment is not simple, the simple pleasures that Solomon explored. It's not the worldly desires that he has. It's much deeper than this. In fact, enjoyment, the word enjoyment has a soul element to it. Like it just goes so deep into our lives that it cuts through all the sorrow of the knowledge and wisdom that would give us. It's wiser than any rampant folly or pleasure seeking. And it is contentment in our souls. This is what enjoyment is. But more importantly than that is that uh, it is a gift from God. It is something that God gives. And so we enjoy life when our lives are centered on Christ. This is one way as Christians that we get to enjoy life when our our breath and when I say breath, I mean like everything that we do in breathing, like our the rest of our lives, our passions, our designers are lined up with Jesus. There is a deep satisfaction in our soul that supersedes each and every situation that we may find ourselves in. And it's not um, I, I, I've. Sometimes I think like preaching, it's like, oh, this is an easy idea. This is not an easy idea. This is something that it it doesn't come easy. And yet it is a free gift of grace given to us by Jesus, this enjoyment. 
And as we learn to walk with Jesus, there will be uh, still waters and meadows, right? There will be, but there will also be the valleys of the shadow of death. There will be times of plenty and times of want. And there will be times where we are blessed and we feel like that'll never end. And then there are times of persecution that we hope will end quickly. And we get to enjoy every single step along the way through all those things. And there are bits and pieces uh, of this life that makes life uh, a full and a fully lived life. Life isn't simply like happy and well-fed. Like that doesn't always equate to enjoyment. And there are more uh, meaningful experiences in, of honesty that come in both joy and sadness than simple the happier, easy life. Think about some of the hard times in your life. How close was Jesus during those times? And how much did he bless us in those moments? I still think one of the, um, one of the most uh, sweet times with Jesus ever was uh, uh, when I was in Haiti and then right after we ended up in the hospital for three months. It, Jesus just felt so close the entire time. And I, I, couldn't, I still can't articulate it fully. But the root of finding joy is to make one's soul see well. As we said, it's better to walk in light than in darkness. And this is the idea that it's not just our, our physical well-being and our physical eyes, but it's that our soul would see well. So enjoyment comes when we can see ourselves, when we can see our situation, we can see those around us in our situation, and yet we can see God in the midst of it all. We can see him in the midst of it all. When we see our soul, then we can see our need for God, our Father, and we can see our need for his gifts. And then once we see them and once we recognize them, we can take enjoyment in these gifts. Our eyes help us see that life isn't bent towards us. It's not bent towards us. We are not the focal point of life. Even if God deems us as important enough to die for, we are not the focal point of this life. He is. And we get to find enjoyment in the life that God has given us. And I would suggest that enjoyment is one of the great gifts of the followers of Jesus, even if it seems elusive at times. Over a lifetime, if you look not just in each and every moment, but over a lifetime, we can see that a Christian life and one that's lived for God and that's seeking him first, that this gift of enjoyment is one that God has given us. When we chase after other things other than God's kingdom, then we're in, when we're missing the mark, uh, when we think too much of ourselves or the gifts that God has given us, there's rarely enjoyment, uh, lasting enjoyment to be found. But I believe that this text is teaching us that since all is meaningless and is striving after a wind, then find enjoyment in Christ in the midst of the toil and striving. In fact, I believe that we can chase enjoyment in this life because even in, in this idea, who can have enjoyment, the whole idea behind that is that we can run after enjoyment. We can seek it. In fact, the word means to make quick to it. So, and, and in that we get to take notice of it and then go after it. And so it, this idea of who can have enjoyment, it's like a plea for us to go out and, and get what God has for us in terms of enjoyment. And, and the word actually means that we get a vacation in enjoyment. 
and I like thinking about vacations. So I, I like the idea of Jim doesn't like it as much as I do, but that we get a vacation in enjoyment. And so, and, uh, and so then when we get there, we meet it with eagerness and then we yield to it. We give ourselves over to the enjoyment that God has for us. And I believe this is actually a very difficult task, especially when we are burdened by the woes of the world, like all the stuff that's come before, when our eyes have been opened to see that not everything is great for everyone. It's hard to find, it's hard to actually like enjoy something when you know someone else is suffering. And when you add that to like our own sin that keeps us from perfect union, that we're aware of it and we're, we're aware of like the damage that is doing in the life, it is hard in those moments to yield to enjoyment. Oftentimes it's hard to find it. And sometimes we feel if we actually yielded to enjoyment, that life has to offer, it may take away from our attentiveness and our focus and adherence to the ways of Jesus. That we need to stay rigid and stay on this path. So we need to stay attentive and focused and don't enjoy because we don't want it to take us off this path. And yet we get to yield to the enjoyment that we find in Christ. Because as we seek first his kingdom, this is one of the things that will be added to us. Right, And all this will be added unto you. Enjoyment is one of the things that's going to be added to us. A Christian life is one that is marked by joy. I most, we were talking about before the service this idea of having a Christian life mark, marked by joy. And this is joy in good times, joy in hard times, and joy that is not just in the one moment but is last through the years, and a joy that is won by our reliance on Jesus. This enjoyment and this chasing is not the seize the day type of enjoyment. That is not what this is talking about. It's not like a carpe diem type idea. It's more of a accept this gift. Accept this gift type of enjoyment. We don't take hold of whatever we feel like. That's not what this is saying. It's not like, well, I think I'm just going to enjoy this. So I just shoot off that way and go. But we received what God has offered us. And in this life, there will be plenty of variety that is offered to us that is meant to lead us and shape us more and more into the image of Jesus. And so we get to find enjoyment in the gift of life that Jesus gives to us. This day by day, this walking, this step by step. We know that Jesus is, uh, Jesus is our light. Jesus is our food. Jesus is our water or our drink. The Holy Spirit's the one who breathes life into us and we get to walk this out with the Holy Spirit. And in that, Jesus is our life. You can sum it up and say that, but what part of life? All of it. Because our life is hidden in Jesus. We also know that every good and perfect gift comes uh, from our good and gracious Father. And these gifts that God gives us are not meant to be a burden. They're meant to take the burden away from us and be a blessing that is to be enjoyed. We get to let go of ourselves and let our life be hidden in Jesus. We find enjoyment in knowing that there is nothing we can do to lose the Father's love. Amen? We are secure in Jesus. That Jesus' blood actually does cover us. Like, it, it, it's something that... Um, when God says, you're mine, we get to believe that with the, our whole life, our whole heart, that Jesus' life has been lived 
for us. And we are striving to let his Holy Spirit lead us and guide us more into his likeness and his image. Even though it all seems meaningless, we know that we find great meaning and enjoyment in the grace that God gives us through Christ. I do not always find grace enjoyable. In fact, I think it's hard to live into most of the time. I, I want to, uh, maybe some of you are like me. This is why I say this, but I like to earn my own way. I don't like to always be uh, handed out stuff. I want uh, gifts uh, to be given to me because I'm awesome or I've done something well. I want too much of the time. I want grace to depend on my works, my actions, my thoughts, my prayers, my motivations. And uh, you could say it this way, my achievements. But uh, this is not grace. That's not grace when we rely on those things. It's called self-righteousness. And it's an earned righteousness. And actually, it's far more like comma, karma, the reap and sow of karma than it is grace. And Jesus gives us grace. Gives us grace. It's hard to live into grace that God gives in Jesus because in the process, we realize that it's not our works or our awesomeness that saves us. I think this is why the, the definition for grace that I've used over and over and over, you guys have heard me say it a hundred times, the, the word unearned, that we just can't earn it. There is nothing that we can do to earn it. There is no, this is no payment for good job reading your Bible this morning. Here's a little bit of grace points or going to church. Here's a little bit of grace points. There's nothing we can do to earn it. I also use the word unmerited because Grace isn't something that we do to get a badge. Whenever I think of the word merited, I always think of like Awanas. When I did that one as a kid and I had all the badges, at least for a little while, that I would memorize the verse and then I'd go and I'd tell them the verse and then I would get a new badge. And that's not grace. That is um, something that it was just works. And then I also use the word favor from God because that speaks of the free nature of God's grace to us over and over, that it's a gift. And that's the point, that it's a gift. God is not giving the gift because of some innate awesomeness in us. He is giving us his grace because of his great love for us. And that's it, his great love for us. His great love for us is awesome and free and we get to receive it and then bask in the enjoyment of the fact that we are bestowed such an awesome and amazing gift from such an awesome and amazing God, the King of kings and Lord of lords who created heaven and earth. And in this, this text is teaching us that we get to acknowledge this, that all is a gift from God. And I think that that Solomon's point is when we acknowledge it, and we accept God's gifts, then we find enjoyment. And when we acknowledge that the good in our life doesn't come from us, or even from inside of us, that uh, it is not dependent on us, then we learn to accept God's gift of free, uh, his free gift of grace. We find enjoyment in the going about our work. The work that is, uh, the work that is, uh, the the point isn't that the work is about us. The work is that we can do for God's glory. And I love that Jesus loves us. Amen. And we can say amen and amen to that. I love that Jesus can see into our souls. 
into all the places of our lives, the good, the bad, the parts that we try to hide. We see, he sees it all and he still says, I love you. And this love is a great gift and it's certainly a place of enjoyment if we can ever find ourselves in the place where we can actually receive this. Jesus' life is a gift. He walked and showed us how to live in this world that is opposed to his ways. And he prays that we might find unity and that our life might be hidden in his grace given to us as a gift. And I think of the gifts that Jesus gives us. So first of all, there's a billion of them. You can think of some yourself, but just like maybe theologically speaking, that Jesus gives us righteousness. And this is way better than our self-righteousness. This is way better than anything that we try and earn or that we, we can pat ourselves on the back for. Jesus took our attempts and our, our, our attempts to live right, and he exchanged them for his perfect life that was lived right. He gifts to us his righteousness. If we can live into the fact that it is not about our works, but it's about Jesus' works in and through us, that would cause great enjoyment. Amen? Like we'd be able to, if we just actually lived out of the fact that the righteousness isn't our own, but it's Jesus' Then I also think of holiness, and this is a great gift as well. I love that, I actually do love that we cannot obtain holiness through our own actions. If we break one part of the law, then we break it all, and I know all of us well enough to know that we have broken it all then. Holiness is, our holiness is not enough. It actually has spots and blemishes, and yet Jesus' gift of his holiness is pure, spotless holiness. And it's a beautiful thing. It is a free gift and something that we can, uh, and that is something that we can um, either accept it or deny it. And he's asking us to acknowledge that this holiness is a gift from Jesus and accept it. And then we accept it and we accept his purity for us. Then we understand that we are unblemished and whole in Christ. This is a beautiful thing, and we can find great enjoyment in this. If we could see ourselves in light of Jesus' holiness, if we could see ourselves and each other as Jesus sees us, and then we live into that ultimate reality instead of the shadow reality of our own world, it would be a very, very powerful thing in our lives. It would change us, and we would see that we are not dirty, rotten, no good sinners, but that we are pure spotless, beautiful, holy people of God. The amount of enjoyment in that idea and that life that we get to live as holy people of God is unbelievable. We also get acceptance as a gift. We are accepted for who we are, flaws and all. Wholehearted, unreserved acceptance not for a perfect version of yourself, not for if you get a little bit better, but for who you are right now as you sit. God loves us 100%. Jesus loves, loves us with his whole life and the Holy Spirit loves us enough to shield and protect and guide us in our lives. And we get to, uh, even if we're not aware of these things, we get to acknowledge that these are gifts from God. And that his gift giving is great, that we are accepted. And I love that no one else accepts us as wholeheartedly as Jesus does. And in this, it's a beautiful, beautiful gift. And we get to acknowledge it. 
and acknowledge where it comes from and, and then rely on it for the rest of our lives. Of course, there are other gifts like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, long-suffering, which I think is an amazing gift, and, under, and understanding in all of God's gifts to us. If we could live into these gifts, if we can lean on them, if we can rely on them, then we will find great enjoyment in seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and this will be added to us. I pray that we may not make uh, God's work, uh, that I pray that we may not make God's work in and through our own work. I pray that when we are at home, that we recognize that God is still at work in our lives. When you are parenting, that you understand that this work that is for us is God's work through us, God's work on us. When you are childing, right? Parenting, childing is not a verb, but when you're, when you're a kid and you're just trying to figure life out and you're trying to work through some of your feelings and emotions, that this is God's work and leading and guiding you and we get to avail ourselves to that work. When you are at work and you're toiling away, whether it's uh, paid work or volunteer work, we get to recognize and accept the fact that this is God's work in and through us. It's not about, uh, it's about uh, God's good works that we get to participate in. He, God is using us as his followers. That's why we sing this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine because God, it, we get to let our light shine. God is using us, not as a user uses us, not to, not to do stuff because he knows it's a blessing to us. And he's like, hey, do this thing. It's going to be good for you. And we get to do it as a blessing. We get to live for Jesus and have our life hidden in Christ. God finds pleasure in gifting his life to us. And I pray that we may be able to accept this gift of grace, that we may be able to live into them more and more into the fullness that Jesus has for us. And I pray that we may participate in God's work by accepting his gift to us, that in this life, that all is grace. And if that's the case, then let us live a full life of grace. So Jesus, I pray that you will come, that we can live into your grace, that we can, Lord, that we can rely on you, that we can acknowledge that all is a gift from you. Lord, that in those things that we may find enjoyment, that we may seek after enjoyment, that, Lord, that we can be um, followers whose life is... uh, marked by joy. In Jesus' name, amen.